Welcome to Roadhouse Minute, the podcast where we review the best bad movie of all time, Roadhouse, one minute at a time, and where we always try to be nice until it's time not to be nice. I'm Roger. I'm Marcy. And we're joined once again Sorry. this week by Jonathan Howell from uh, Minute Impossible and the Cast and the Furious. How are you doing, Jonathan? I'm doing good. Uh, just waking up this morning, had a great meal. Uh, got someone brought me a Danish and a coffee, and <laughs> yeah, I'm just doing my just doing my morning stretches. You know, very good, very good. Up. So this is minute 32. Uh, this minute starts with Dalton getting out of bed naked, and it ends with Dalton surveying his breakfast. Okay, so we kind of alluded to this in the last minute, but this is certainly the the minute where we get to see the full Swayze. And Not the full, the back okay, end. Okay, as much as you could see at that time. Yeah. Marcy, you said that you've investigated this a lot. Do you have any sort of initial thoughts on Patrick Swayze? It's great. No complaints. <laughs> He's got a nice That's ass. That's a well-formed man right there. He takes good care of his body. That is say? certainly true. Who also who's, Who seems to have either no awareness or no concern that he's just getting out of bed naked with a relatively strange woman in his barn loft. When I look like that, I will get out of bed any way I want with anyone is there. I don't yeah. care. And I think also, like... She has just put herself in this position, and maybe he wants to make her a little uncomfortable. Hey, a I'm little flustered, a little like, whoop. making I don't think Car- she's uncomfortable. Making, <laughs> making Carrie, yeah. So we're going to get to that. Making Carrie in uncomfortable, I totally co sign that. Uh, uh, what if we, uh, the other thing we notice here is that he's clearly learned from his mentor, Wade, that one should always, that real bouncers always go commando. Mm-hmm. That just appears to be his go to move. Uh, personally, that, that I, I, I do not co-sign that move. That just seems like some horrendous chafing. <laughs> I wear shorts a lot, and I also have a uh, you know a phone and a and a wallet that I keep in my pocket. I they wouldn't stay up if I went commando, like mm-hmm. you know they're like you know like silky pla- you know basketball shorts. Yeah, that would be a situation. Yeah. I think there's there's like um, I always have a double layer rule. Like I like two pieces of fabric between the rest of the world and me. Mm-hmm. I have been encouraged to wear, shall we say, tighter fitting jeans by Marcy. What? And like you. Yeah. I also it's more ca- attractive. I also carry a great deal of luggage in my pockets. If I had to, if I was in this Is situation, that a euphemism or are you like really mean you carry a lot of crap? I mean, I'm carrying my phone, a like big set of keys, of my junk. wallet, all this stuff. If that was the situation, like by the end of the day, there would be like deep divots in my legs. Mm. I mer- my wife enjoys my wife my enjoys, wife enjoys me wearing tighter pants too. Uh, I don't have a butt. <laughs> I don't have a Swayze butt. Uh, let's put it that way. So tighter is is hard to do when you don't have anything back there. But um, I do understand like they don't want the dumpy pants. The 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 dad oh, jeans. No 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 no. That is not a good look. A woman, a woman needs something nice to look at, gentlemen. And, and let's talk about. I want to talk about that. I said I would talk about it. This one, the, uh, Patrick Swayze in this movie is the fittest he ever was. I think he's more fit than he was in Dirty Dancing. I think he is at. I because you know that always happens. Like the guy becomes famous for a movie, and then now he's like this next movie. I'm playing a badass, so I need to be like cut. So he's definitely. Peak. He's at top toned. Oh, absolutely. His body, I was like, Jesus, his arms and his waist. I'm like, there's nothing, no fat, 
nothing. I mean, not that he was ever fat, but you know what I mean? Like in Dirty Dancing, he looks like a human. So now he looks superhuman. Next week is when we are going to get to Dalton uh, starting to do Tai Chi. Mm-hmm. And that is really where you just get to see. I mean, it's, it's like watching a bodybuilding competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The- Who's that dude that was in Parks and Recreation and then in the Marvel movies? Is that Chris, Chris, Chris Pratt? Chris mm-hmm. Pratt. Chris Pratt. Am I wrong that he goes from kind of overweight to one of the cuttest men in the world? Yeah, but he's back to being normal again. Yeah, he, he did that for the first movie. He when was you say cut. one of when you say one of the cuttest people in the, I I, I never thought about Star Lord as being like he's was not like he he's not like fit? he's not like Thor cut, but he oh. certainly he doesn't look like schlubby Andy Dwyer. It's Chris movies. Helmsworth, the one that plays Thor. Yeah, he he's oh, he's got the Swayze going on. Yeah. Well, he but, yeah, but he's like he's I mean, he's so big in this new movie because it's coming out in the next one that his uh, his stunt double ha- they show pictures if you want to go find him find his stunt double how much mass he had to gain to get up to Chris uh, to Chris Hemsworth's current mass he's like the guy has put on weight at, in like in muscle it's all wow. muscle he's a Chris, monster I'm pretty sure our son Ben was telling us about how much he has to eat or no it was my friend Emma was telling us telling me how much he has to eat and just sheer volume of food and none of it is carbohydrates to get like that much protein into his body. It's a lot of eggs. It's a lot, but you know, you can do that when it's your job to do that. Right. Sure. And when you have a trainer, a trainer and a, and a, and a personal, personal height, personal chef. And the only thing that you do is concentrate on making your body look like that. Yeah, read, go read the article where Kamal Nanjiani talks about the Eternals when it comes oh. out. Because he's he goes he goes. The only reason I have this body is because Marvel paid yes for a year for me to have this body. I listened to a really interesting podcast. It might have been from the Sporkful, mm-hmm. but it was it was with him and t- and his wife talking about how he just got into that fitness and all that stuff, and he got really cut doing that. But he also said that. Um, the Marvel company didn't make him do that, but he felt like he wanted to do that to kind of right. show that as a, you know, he could like get into this character and this character could be like superhero. Awesome. They didn't make him, but they paid for him to be, yes. uh, he had a full-time trainer and a full-time dietitian. Yeah. And also didn't have to work. Like right. he got I to think... not, not work and just work. Cause when those guys, when they're always like, yeah, I'm in the gym three hours a day, like the rock, and when you, when you hear about The Rock and The Rock is in the gym three to four hours a day, you're like, you only do that when you're, you know, super rich. Yeah. Yeah. Like what a sacrifice to him. I mean, so, so just as an aside, Marcy is pretty much my personal trainer and now she's getting me in the gym to start exercising like twice a week. That's a big All step right. for me. Roger, let's see that butt. Turn if, around. Uh, let's see it. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> it's it's coming. not there yet. Right. Not there yet. We're if, only a few weeks in here. If you right. came up to me and said, you don't have to work at your job, but for the next six weeks, we just want to make sure that you eat right and go into the gym two or three hours a day. I, I would totally do that. Oh, I got a Peloton and I will talk about it on every podcast I'm on. And I don't care what <laughs> anybody says. Our friends love their Peloton too. I love my Peloton and I, I agree. I mean, I'm not fit. I'm, I'm, I'm anywhere from fit. If you've met me, I'm not fit, but I, my cardio is better. I don't wheeze when I walk up steps or anything. So, you know, it's, it's one of these things that you get, it's a, it's an addiction. 
it's a good addiction. It's yeah. uh, it, you know, it makes you dopamine. It makes you feel good to work out. It makes you feel good to be better. And Mars? I think, no, go ahead. I think I think the funny thing about this is that we see this in the movie. We see the peak of human perfection, and also he's. We also know he's super limber, and he's got like a dancer body. Yeah. But the other thing is he smokes like a chimney. It's gross. Yeah, and, we've and, talked about that on a bunch of minutes. It's it's really yeah. sad. So by the time he was making this movie. He was averaging about three packs a day. And A, as Marcy said in the past, it's kind of amazing that he's able to function at this level of physical prowess with that much nicotine flowing through his body. But B, it's just really sad, you know, because he yeah. died way too young and he probably yeah, should have. 57. Yeah, it's, it's just really sad. It is really sad. We're gonna... He's one of those actors that you're like, now would be a great time for his resurgence. You know, he'd be like this 57-year-old older actor. Yeah, be... he would do some hot old man dancing, too. Hot old <laughs> man dancing, like Barishnikov. Yes, or that like, would be nice to watch. Like Christopher Walken in oh, Weapons of Choice. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, we're going to, so you're in luck, because this is going to be the episode where, believe it or not, Jonathan, we actually haven't talked in great detail about Patrick Swayze yet. So we're going to be talking about him in this episode. Mm -hmm. um, we like to parcel out our character actor spotlight. So I've got some more, definitely some more tidbits to toss in there. But I feel like I feel like we have to talk about Carrie Ann in this minute, because yeah. this, is, this is the minute where we get to see Carrie Ann's reaction shot. And I, so I wrote down in my notes here, like she appears to have never seen a man naked before based on her reaction. Or at least in the same room, like she's probably seen it on like TV, but she, she has the same, in my mind, what she's saying in her head is what they say at, uh, at the, uh, what uh, Godfather wedding. He's like, ah, mama mia, uh, sweet tomato. You know, he's like, <laughs> it's like, she, she's like, doesn't she? She's just like, she almost cusses. I don't know. Like in if, her in her head, she's kind of like. Wow. If you if you like came into somebody's room and they happened to get out of the bed and they were one of the most pristine specimens of human bodies, yeah. Like I think I might react in the way where it's like you got a little heart stop happen in there. Marcy, like, are you blushing? You look a little. Red I think in the I might be now. blushing just a little bit anyway. And you're but, just like, watching this through a screen. He, yeah. I mean, if I was in the same room with somebody that hot, like I would, I would have a lot of a reaction to that situation. So Marcy, let me ask you a question. Do you think your reaction to this scene would be stronger if we have Patrick Swayze in the minute you're seeing here, or if you could just directly substitute Daniel Craig? Oh, uh, that's a great question. Uh, well, Daniel he, Craig's he, hair he Daniel is Craig? so much better that like, you don't have to get past the mullet in order to really get into that. So wait, are you saying that his hair's better than Patrick Swayze's hair? Yeah. I yes. don't know. I, I, yes. I, I don't know if I can, I don't, I can't get cannot, into the cannot. mullet. I don't want anything on the back of the neck. I watched, we watched the beginning half of Casino Royale last night. His hair is not good. I like a lot of things about Daniel Craig's as James Bond, but his hair, it looks like he's sort of ju just been discharged from the Marines. <laughs> I don't mind that at it's all. It's not a good look. <laughs> I like short hair and tight clothes. All right. But, but let's but remember the, 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 the Swayze aesthetic is kind of this like Danny Zuko style <laughs> hair. Like he had the mullet in this movie and a bunch of other things. But then when you go back and you look at like Dirty Dancing and all these other movies and uh, Ghost, 
he's got kind of this silk shirt slicked from the sides kind of little yeah bouffant Poof, thing yeah. thing going on and i'm i'm like you know that works for him but i some actors don't can't can't handle like like i mean sam elliott does sam elliott have another hairstyle besides the nasty mm. one he has in this movie it's basically just long ass hair that he pulls back in a ponytail but sam elliott can do He's all kinds of, he can do all kinds of hairstyles i mean he looks very different for example in tombstone okay yes. how often do we focus on his hair He's mostly wearing a hat. That's fair. That is fair. I agree. It's not like long, but you know, he's a, he's also a, a handsome dude. I do he agree really with you that is. Patrick Swayze has as the, as the kids here at this school where we work, he's got mad flow. He's got flow. Yeah. He's got mad flow. Oh, okay. He could definitely step on any lacrosse field anywhere in the country. Look at this old Sam Elliott. I mean, like what? young Sam Elliott, but like, the worst Sam Elliott photos are ones without his mustache, which they they do exist, and they're just I don't like them. He's got he's got the the sideburns. Yeah. I mean, the man has such tremendously thick hair. Mm. Oh, but it's all good. <laughs> it's it, funny. Any Ooh. way you cut that man, it's good. All right, Roger. Oh. Since because uh, one. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that mustache is just the cat's pajamas. Yeah. If okay, if we've seen a man's buttocks and at the height of his physicality, what woman from this era in the eighties would you have had the same reaction to? I have an answer. I'm just I'm just gonna put you on the spot. From the eighties has to be from the eighties because this is eighty nine. So we're just gonna we're gonna we're gonna live in the world that it's the eighties, not the nineties. So okay. Very specific. Tell me your answer because I need to think about that. I was not prepped for that question. That's okay. Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, we get that kind of that feeling in trading places. That is, yeah. So based on, based, you're on like, based on what I've seen in trading places, that's an excellent choice. It's like your the fitness level. You're like, oh yeah. Like like a guy would just be like, like mouth open, like not even know what to. You you would be stunned by her. Yeah. Like, you'd be like, I, okay, okay. Whereas uh, I'm the gonna, same thing happened. Okay, so I'm gonna say Linda Hamilton. Okay. But if if you allow me to take. I mean, I'm cheating a little bit. Can I have 1991 Linda Hamilton when she's already getting ripped for Terminator 2? I'm sorry, or, you can't not have her. I've you broken have to the have, rules. You have to have. You have to have. I have normal. to have 19, 1986 Linda Hamilton from the original Terminator. Sorry, I still will. Oh yeah, that's she's, still my she's, choice. She's great, but that's that's an interesting choice. One that's closest to almost looks like your wife. So, uh, <laughs> so you have a type. Okay, I like it. I like it. Uh, my wife knows about my type. My type is brunettes that are busty. So that's just there you go. So Jamie Lee Curtis is on a list of like you know maybe Rogers, uh, <laughs> Wonder Woman. You know like they're all kind of like it's all the same. It's the same person, basically. What <laughs> about big... Brooke Shields and Blue Lagoon? Nope, she's too no. small. Too small. Oh, I see. Just a okay. small person. Like she's just slight. Uh, not, I gotcha. Not not my thing. There is nothing exciting about the movie Blue Lagoon. Well, that movie well, is just messed up in all kinds of ways. The movie is rotten. I remember when I saw it because I, I went to like it's super sexy and you got to see it. It's one of those and you watch it, you're like, it's, it's like, really not. Oh no, I don't like this at all. Like, I've just, I feel like I've just seen something incredibly inappropriate. Like, why I don't did they ever want to see it again? Yeah. Why did this get filmed? She's how old? No, 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 no. Hard pass on that. Nope. Yeah, that's not my thing. Okay, so here's another question that I think I alluded to last time that we said we were going to talk about here. So Dalton has a very fair question for Carrie Ann, which is, how did you find me? Mm -hmm. And Carrie Ann fumbles her way through this totally mealy-mouthed answer. 
which really just kind of reinforces the sense that maybe she's just stalking him. So how do we feel that Carrie Ann was able to find Dalton? Who told them about Uncle Jesse's farm? Who, how did he find out that he was going to be staying in Uncle Jesse's? Was it Red? Was it, or, or was it the guy who owns the Double Deuce? Uh, I, how about door number three? Was it Cody, the bar, or the guy who runs the band? Oh, the, runs the band, uh, the blind guy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think it's, I, li- I think it's small town talking. It's just, oh, he's staying out at yeah uh, Uncle Jesse's. I'm just gonna call him Uncle Jesse. Uncle Jesse's house. Out of well, the Duke farm. She went to the one place where you can find a Danish in the town. And it's also the one place that Uncle Jesse goes to find the Danish. Well, his, real, his real name is Emmett, right? Emmett. <laughs> yeah, his, well, Emmett. His, his character name is Emmett. He's played Emmett, by Sunshine Parker. But yeah, Emmett so this is, this is Emmett's there farm. As well. And so he's talking about this new, new young buck that he's gotten in. And it's not a horse this time. Maybe Carrie Ann is just, just used to kind of running through whoever gets to stay in Emmett's loft. And so oh. she's just like, well, you know what? He's a new guy in town. I know what happened to the last guy. So maybe I should just check there. There's only one place to stay. Yeah. And it's Emmett's. It's only Emmett's one loft, horse barn loft. All right. Uh, she followed like the conversation that they have after this, I find to be very strange because her, her question, her next question is, what did you do there last night? Wasn't she there? <laughs> yes. Like this is this thing where I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not naming names. So you ever, you ever find sometimes when someone like they ask you a question, but it's not really the question that they're asking. Like they just, they package their question differently. So it's like, and because really her question is, why did you fire the bartender? But she says like, what did you do there last night? I like before we, and right, right before that, I love his little take on the Danish. He throws it down. Like it's disgusting. He does. He touches it. He, very... he, picks, he like picks up the he, little he piece. Actually, and looks yeah, at he, it. he picks up he the like... piece of wax paper. Yeah, because it appears to have been served on a piece of wax paper. Sure, like just gently resting on the top of this cup of because coffee. Because it's fresh. It's so fresh. It's such a fresh Danish. Don't you think it has to be a cheese Danish? Oh yeah, it's it can't be apple. I thought like, it was a donut. No, it's a Danish. It's thin. It's real thin. I thought either it was a cheese Danish or it was like. I don't know the thinnest bread, slimy cheese, or it's thing. one one slice of egg. It's just egg. 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 It's just egg. a piece of well, yeah, egg so you, in wax paper. You've established on the previous minute that you can't get Danish and Jasper. So maybe maybe she was like, "Look, I'm in a hurry. Just give me breakfast." And the the short order cook just gave her like a fried egg in wax paper. Fried egg with the yolk that's just popped. But, oh, yeah, it's like, the oh. way he picks it up. So he picks it up like this, just sort of gently moves off to the side and just drops it like he's yeah. just dropped something rotten i like that well she did just come into his house and see him naked so he could pretty much do whatever he wants whatever whatever trash she brings him <laughs> i don't i mean so what do we think that dalton's typical breakfast menu is i mean i have him down black, pretty much for coffee coffee, co- coffee and cigarettes coffee yeah. and cigarettes yes his cigarettes is his normal breakfast i mean he's got a full kitchenette there but he just doesn't seem like the kind of person who's gonna like wake up and make himself a bagel you don't keep you don't keep yeah you don't keep that body type of eating carbs. Come on, no carbs. He's not uh-huh. he's not eating a bagel. He's not eating pancakes. He's not eating hash browns. Mm-mm. He's not eating whatever she's bringing. I love that she brought him it. Like, didn't you see him? Did you really think he was just bring him a coffee? Mm. It's always I find breakfast so personal. It's like people at Christmas that try and give you a book, and they don't know you. 
And you're like, what are you doing? It is super personal to give someone a book. How unless, dare you give unless, me a book? Unless they're your best friends, that book is never going to be read. No. I think like, we, I've had it before. We're like, oh, you like movies. Here's a book a producer wrote. And I'm like, I don't want to read this thing. Mm-hmm. I, but, but you know one thing about me. I like, you need to know me better. Don't buy me books. I think we're realizing in this minute, and since that other scene got cut out, I think this minute shows us in many ways that Carrie Ann has no game. Oh, no, no. She's like, she can't handle being with attractive men. She asks weird questions. She will be in this she... town alone in 20 years. You know who? Let, so let me <laughs> ask be you the a mayor, quick question. But she'll be alone. Let me ask you a quick question because you weren't on these minutes, Jonathan. Oh. Marcy is constantly shipping Carrie Ann with one other person in the movie. Would you like to try? It's not Dalton. Would you like to guess who uh, Marcy would like to hook Carrie Ann up with? It's, it's a named character in the movie. Is it the blind? No, it's not oh. Cody. Cody's no, got a I girlfriend do already. That to Cody. I mean, he wouldn't notice at first. Oh man! Oh, oh man! <laughs> he can feel those bad oh. things. I, he's, like, he's like, "Whoa! Why do you have this Prince Valiant haircut? What is?" He's, he's heard her sing and heard her voice. I think he knows better than that. So, who else? I give you let, give you two more guesses. Okay. God, named character Red. Yeah. No, <laughs> Red is like Red is old enough to be her grandfather. What other viable men are the, the, the owner of the double deuce? I'll just, I'll just viable. You should I'll just think cut to the vile. chase. So, oh. Marcy, tell tell Jonathan who you'd like to see Carrie Ann hook up with. Well, of course, I don't remember his oh, it's, name it's, now. It's, it's it's Steve. Steve. Who's Steve? Steve is the one that gets. Yeah. He's the one. He's the one that gets fired for having sex in the storeroom with the oh, underage woman in the yeah, red shirt. Okay. But Steve is clearly an old man that needs a woman with some stability. And sure. so he's just constantly seeking these, the attention of young and appropriate women. He needs Carrie Ann's love. And I think, I think Carrie Ann actually, so I'm actually on board with this now, Marcy, because I think Carrie Ann needs someone. See what I'm telling you? She needs somebody to mother and she, she needs, needs somebody that she, she can stitch sleeves back. The on answer is shirts. right there though. The answer is blaster. The guy who's huge, who oh, has tinker, a baby. Tinker. I'm calling him Blaster because he looks like Master from Master Blaster. He has like a child's face, but an adult body. And that's the one that she should be with because he's like, got a baby. He literally looks like a baby. Like a giant baby. He's a giant. He literally is a giant baby. I don't know. I, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm actually sticking up for Carrie Ann here. I think Steve would be perfect for Carrie Ann because Steve is like, Steve is like exotic for Jasper. He sure. would be someone that she would find exciting. And as we know, pretty much anybody who throws themselves at Steve will be accepted. So I'm not talking about the fat dude, the little fat dude. I'm talking about the good guy who's the bouncer who asked all the questions. Jack the Bear. Sure. Okay. Okay. That's Blaster. Not not the little fat guy with a bear fell on him. That's okay. Not, oh, I don't sorry. Mean, that's I thought, mean. I don't yeah. want him to be her to be with him. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's see. What? But yeah. So I mean, and her. If if the names if her, of these people are so the fact that you know them, none of them are ever said really in the movie more than once, maybe in passing. Like all these names are almost made up. It's almost like I had to do a lot of show prep and research for this. You uh, must know what that's like. No, I don't. When, I don't name people that are like third like the third bartender like that's steve you should know him i'm i'm lazy okay 
No, that's not true. That's not true. But as far as Carrie Ann goes, her so Marcy, I think we need and we need a fashion minute here on Carrie Ann because I think her outfit. And if you want to go along with the theme of no game, her outfit in this minute uh, leaves a lot to be desired. Oh, yeah, for oh, sure. That, that is so 1989, though. Is she wearing the, parachute pants? No, she's they're got, she's got shoulder pants. pads on too. They're palazzo pants or something like that. I forget their name, but they're yeah. a thing. They're a thing. Women not wore those. Good. It's not, not good. It's not a good look for her at all. It's not a good look for any woman at that time, but they all did it. Like the blousey shirt, like a, it's like a half jacket. Yep. Like it's like a little short sleeve thing and these like high waist. Now the high waist is back. They're up to her navel with the the pants, but those they're like um oh who who makes those pants? Ann Taylor? No. What am I thinking of? So who's the who's the fat that it was a girls' fashion designer and they always made uh I say girls because women didn't wear it, but it was like uh it was always floral. Oh. Mm. Always. I can't remember who it is, damn it. Oh, well, probably the wrong person to be. Yeah. I can't remember. But I remember girls, because at this point, this is, I was probably in, uh, I was at, I would be a freshman in high school. So the worst of clothes at this point. Those are terrible. Not a good look. Not a good look. No, and it's, the shoulder pads are. Shoulder pads in there. Well, we knew those shoulder pads were going to be there because this movie is all about shoulder pads, big hair, tiny little dresses that look like picnic tables. Yep. Or parachute pants. Yep. And that the purse that she's got is like got one of those super thin straps and then it's a box at her hip. I hate purses like that. They're so it's stupid. Like, it's called she's, a pill. She's definitely I got the know. whole kind Dumb. of mom thing going on. Yeah, she's very much momming him. She thinks that momming and feeding this gorgeous man is going to get her him, and it's not going to happen. Well, I feel all. I feel bad for the actress too, because also because of what she normally she's not traditionally she's I think traditionally pretty is such a mean thing. I don't mean that, but she she looks older than she always is when she acts. She always yeah. seems older, so she already seems like a mom, even though I know she's probably younger than Patrick Swayze at this point. Yeah, it's a, that is a, I think that's probably true. I'm not entirely sure if she is older or younger. I could look that up. Uh, but There's I no way know. to tell. There's no way. If only there was something like the internet that could give me that information. But uh, if if you guys don't mind, I'd like to talk a little bit more about Patrick Swayze in this episode for our, character, for our actress spotlight. Yeah, I know. Oh, he's, she's he's in def- the movie. She's his age. Uh, she was born in 1964. So hmm. she is 12 years younger than him, actually. Yep. That's he, pretty close, though. That's but for for movie time, that's insanely close. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that is true. That is fair. So, what do we know? About? The older of the everyone, Patrick Swayze, uh, born in Texas, nineteen fifty-two. Um, his mom. So this is where the dancing comes from. His mom was a choreo- uh, choreographer, a dancer, dance instructor. That's how he got into dancing. Your name Patsy uh, or something. Yes. So Patsy Swayze, his dad was an engineer. Mm -hmm. Uh, It sounded like in high school, he pretty much did everything. So he was into ice skating, uh, ballet, football, martial arts, and did acting. It's interesting that you mentioned that he kind of looks like Danny Zuko because he he was in like one of his first big theater roles was in Danny Zuko in uh, one of the replacement casts on Broadway for Greece. 
So like not the not the original cast, but he was in one of the the follow up cast. He was because well, he was in the Zero. Outsiders, so he's like he's he's that character. He's 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 in Outsiders. Anyone from Outsiders could have been a character in Greece. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Danny Zuko. So Marcy, you've seen Greece before, right? Yeah. Danny Zuko is the John Travolta character. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're talking to another person who also was Danny Zuko in high school in their play in the musical. This guy. Really? Yeah, me. Wow. Exciting. You did you did musical theater and high mm-hmm. school. Wow. I was I was a thespian. I did not do ballet and I did not do ice skating. What were some of your favorite roles that you got a chance to play? Uh, funniest one was uh, Sudless in a funny thing happened on the way to the forum because that's just a funny weird show. Uh, Zero Mustel did it. We um, uh, we did that. Someone in our our theater director is no longer here. Put that show on like four or five years ago. It's a fun show if you can pull it off. You need a big cast, but uh, and I did Greece and Greece was fun. Um, um, I'm trying to think what else was fun. Uh, we only did because uh, and uh, Guys and Dolls was fun. Nice. Um, uh, the all the dramatic stuff I didn't really like. I liked the singing more. I was more of a singer. Mm-hmm. So singing. I, theater, I was like because I actually was a theater major in college, and then I switched because I really I, I hated it. I didn't like being a theater major, so huh. too too like too film too intense. No, uh, the, I didn't like the people, and probably fifty percent of it was me. I didn't like myself, and Fair also enough. theater people are annoying. So I know yeah, no, I, I uh, quit theater and uh, uh, went went did film, and by film I did film editing, which became computer stuff, which became you know to career as a designer and then later on what i did so nice Very it all good. kind of moves around but you yeah. gotta yeah you know, that's why i tell my son my oldest is about to go to college i'm like don't don't always and i tell everyone out there in the podcast like don't always do the thing you're good at because you're going to be good at more than one thing mm. i was good at theater so i thought i need to be in theater i'm good at other things too and it's okay to not only do the thing you're good at when you're in high school that's okay yeah, you yeah it's- keep your options open it's so nerve-wracking when you're trying to make a major life decision. Like, it is. What do I do with my life? <laughs> Especially when you try out for the theater department at a nice university and you get in, you're like, I guess this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And then you're miserable and you're like, is it me? Am I miserable because I'm doing something wrong? No, I was miserable because I didn't enjoy what I was doing. Yeah. It seems like theater, maybe more than some other college majors too, they sort of like people that decide to major in theater, like they pretty much planned out like the next 30 or 40 years of their life. I was in a class of 30 people and those 30 people, I would say 20 of them are still actors. Oh, wow. The rest of them have all moved into other things, but I see a couple of them on TV. Some of them I actually see, but I mean, of 30 people and of each class was 30. There's only a couple I've ever seen on things and that actually have career. It's really hard work. I wouldn't want to work that hard for what you get paid and what you have to do. It's yeah. not to me. It's not. It wasn't worth it. So I was. I think that's probably part of the other reason was I was just like, I don't think this is what I want to do. Like I don't want to bust my ass all the time for these, you know, kind of small small jobs. Really, they're really small jobs that you do for certain amounts of time. No one gets rich being a theater actor. You get all the theater actors then become movie stars. The movie stars go back to theater when they have enough money that they can literally be on Broadway for yeah. six months. It's a little bit like teaching, I guess. You're not really yeah. going to make your tons of money teaching, but you might love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So true. So and you I, better make sure you love it. 
if you can find that thing that you really love, that's I really don't think cool. I could ever handle that sort of a gig situation though. Like no. needing to go from thing to thing. Like no. that's, that's too much instability for yeah, every the six stability months of being teaching is, is, is very comforting, but you know, that wasn't my first career either. I worked for a year right out of college for IBM, like slinging code. And then I realized that like living like Peter Gibbons in office space is not a life fulfilling, uh, uh, situation for me. And so then I kind of landed where I am now. Yeah almost 25 years ago which which brings up a good question have you talked about since we're talking about patrick swayze what do we think how did dalton get into this job how do you become a professional bouncer as have you looked and read anything up on we this have, like is there anything we so we've talked a little bit about this trying to figure out what dalton's origin story is because i you know you obviously don't you don't get very much sure. of that uh, we gotta have got to read that fan fiction. Find yes, it. Yeah. that's right. Or mm-hmm. get our hands on the Roadhouse prequel if we can find that out there. Now, hey, I would watch a Roadhouse prequel with have, uh, Sam Elliott. Sam uh, Elliott. Put somebody yeah. in as who would you cast as young Sam Elliott? Who would oh. I cast as young Sam Elliott? I'd, I'd cast Ben Solo. You mean Aaron or whatever that guy's name is who played. Solo in the movie Solo? No, Ben Solo. Oh, uh, Adam Driver. Yeah. Oh, Adam Driver is so epic. Think about him, like if he like lose a little of the weight a little bit because he's Adam he's Driver. I'm sorry, this is just a hot take, but just like his face and his voice are so unpleasant. Oh, I but love he could it. be Sam. He could be he could be Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott with a big mustache exudes cool. He does. Adam so, Driver is like the opposite. He looks just like him. He looks just like I'm him. Not, He's got to fill in that hair situation. Well, not, they not, for a, a not thick enough. He would look, need a prosthetic mustache. The man yes. can't grow a mustache. No, he can't. It's too uh, sparse. But I love Adam Driver because he's so weird and his voice is so strange. And he's tall. He does have, I mean, so, okay. So setting aside my distaste for him, he definitely has the deep voice. Um, yeah, that could work. Other than yeah. that, you'd have to go with the uh, Mr. Fantastic from uh, Josh Trank's Fantastic Four movie. You'd have to go with what's his head um, from uh, oh, the the drumming movie. This is this is what my podcast is: me vaguely not remembering people's names and people yelling at me. Miles Teller. Miles Teller. Yeah, that might be a Sam, but I don't know if he can handle the the swagger. Is Miles Teller cool enough? I don't know. Adam Driver. Okay, no way. I'll, this I'll, guy is a baby face. I'll go along with Adam Driver. I do not. I do not. I do don't like that. It, who do you put in as Swayze? Who do you put in as baby Swayze? Swayze well, baby. I mean, I don't think he exists in that movie. If we're uh, yeah, really no, I think he would. Place. Like, he'll have him show up at the end. And he's a kid. He's a, a child. Oh, I'm bad about that. Child not a stars. child, not a child. Like he could be twenty. What about Justin Bieber? <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's put the Biebs in there. Let's have him be in a first movie. His first oh movie my will be God. the Roadhouse Prequel. Ick, never mind. I don't think he could pull off like. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean Harry. St- Harry Styles was in Dunkirk, and he wasn't terrible. There are a lot of people in Dunkirk. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. I, I, there are so many people that could easily. I, I, how do you get? Uh. Well, let's just say we're not going to casting for Patrick Swayze, Patrick Swayze because he's just in the end of the movie. Hell, we could even have somebody and just they just Swayze's face. 
just get a you know like the mm. end of uh soul at uh, the end of uh, uh rogue one we just put swayze's face young face on the body of somebody oh yeah if they can now that i think about that if they can do that with um Carrie Fisher, they can certainly do that with someone who's Patrick Swayze for 10 seconds just, of screen time. Just for body. Just for body. Yeah. Digital, digital Swayze. Yeah. I'm just wondering what he would have done. Like what, how do you get into, uh, this is so, for lack oh, yeah. of a better so, term, so this is like white, white, white glove. This is like high end white glove bouncing. This is like a bouncer's bouncer is what he is. Well, he is, so we had a couple of theories given his behavior. We, we theorize that maybe he came from like a military family because he definitely seems to have that sort of um, self-control. He's got the physical skills. He's very kind of respectful. Do you think he was in the military service? Maybe not a war, but maybe was, do you think he was ever anything? I thought that he moved around as a, as a child of somebody in the military you know, considering that he just kind of like doesn't really have strong ties to anywhere and feels very comfortable just uprooting himself and going somewhere else. What if he what if he grows up in a military family and then sort of like, you know, like like Richard Gere and an officer and a gentleman, like just he sort of for some reason gets kind of cast out into kind of a bad life situation. Like sure. maybe maybe his parents mm-hmm. died tragically mm-hmm. and he's an orphan. And he just gets into trouble. And one day, like, Wade Garrett comes along and sees him annihilate 10 people all by himself and says, you know, like, oh, there's someone that I can I can train up in my own image and and set him on the right path. Or he was in a bar and a ne'er-do-well himself, and he gets in a fight. And Brad Garrett is the one who, like, pushes him out the door, and the kid's a hothead, but he's comes back and maybe apologizes for who he, how he was. And Brad Garrett feels like, Oh, maybe this guy actually can be taught. Well, I mean, we, c- we learn at one point that Dalton has done something in his past that he can't let go of. Right. He killed a man. He right. killed and Wade knows about this. So maybe that was before. Oh no. Wade? I mean, I, I think they, they clearly, They've been together for a long time. Like the fact that Wade oh. calls Dalton Miho, like clearly there's a father-son relationship that the two of them feel like they have. I feel, I feel like, like there's at least 20 years of something. Oh yeah. And they're because they're because I would say in this, we're we're supposed to believe that he's not yet even 40, Dalton. Hmm. And whatever pushed, whatever happened, it, whatever happened in Memphis, I'm guessing happened in like the last five years or so. Oh, okay. Yeah, you remember Budapest much differently than I do. <laughs> that's a good Mission Impossible reference. Oh no, that's from the Avengers. That is from the Avengers. But I was know. making that connection. Um, so I just have a couple of. Tell you what, why don't I cull through this long list of facts about Patrick Swayze and just toss out the things that I think seemed most interesting, um, starting with his wife. Okay. So his wife, Lisa Niemi, they were married for a long time up until his death. Long time. Uh, met at his mother's dance studio when he was 18 and she was 14. But according to the internet, they did not actually start dating until she was 19, if mm-hmm. you believe that. So any thoughts about that? He was a kid. She was a kid. It's fine. I don't find that very scandalous either. No, I, I think it's one of those things like she probably had a crush on him because he's I'm... the teacher's 
son yeah. who's probably was really good at what he was doing. Because I, if I remember correctly, he was a good dancer. So he was an amazingly good dancer. So you know, he also uh, male dancers are. I um, go back to college. There's a lot of college thought talk in this episode. My freshman year roommate, and also sophomore and junior, was a a male dancer, a ballet dancer. Hmm. Okay. Straight ballet dancer who was like very muscular, not, not like Patrick Swayze, different muscular. I'm like more like a tree trunk, but that's rare that you don't have a ton of men who kind of exude Hmm. that vibe as male ballet dancers. You don't have, there aren't a lot. There were a lot of, uh, there were probably like, you know, one in every five was a uh, male ballet dancer, but a lot of them are gay. A lot of them are uh, just not exude. You know, it's just it just wasn't just wasn't something. So to 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 have like an actual like, I mean, his name's Joe. Joe Joe's a man's man. Like he only like built his own furniture, and you know, like it was like a like good with his hands. But he's also a ballet dancer who was very good at it. And I think that level at any point makes uh, kind of breaks those. Also, dancers don't care about like. Dancers uh, do a lot of stuff like physical stuff with each other. <laughs> I'm trying to be as clean as possible. I appreciate uh, that. Are you know as you know, there, there's they're very not, comfortable with their bodies. Extremely comfortable. Thank you. That's what I'm looking for, <laughs> and not in a promiscuous way. They're just flirty and ha- and uh, again, they all look like Patrick Swayze. Hey, I mean, it worked on Jennifer Grey and Dirty Dancing. One would imagine it would work on pretty much. Yeah, most, when you have most you ha- young women that age and men, whenever, whenever, whenever those those dancers would all go out to party, uh, eyes were looking at them from both sides. Getting, it was always hit on by everyone. Yeah, it's just it's just you're just they're just in fit. They're just fit, and they also dance all the time, so they have no friends except the dancers. So I don't <laughs> mind. A, I don't mind a fourteen year old. I, I mean, I'm sure once he at that point he would have been like what twenty two when she was nineteen or twenty three. Yeah ish so that's not so bad oh no i mean no i think i think that's totally fine i just wanted to mention that because it's an interesting fact about them i mean for all for all we from all we hear they had a tremendously happy uh and they were married forever they were married they were married forever they're both really into horse racing or mm-hmm. not horse racing, horse riding. Horse riding. Uh, we talked a little bit about their their ranch and the horses that they had um, in an earlier minute. Um, so, it, I mean, it seemed like it seemed like they had a lot in common. Um, they oh, the two of them, in addition to being horse riders, were both licensed pilots. Apparently, they got their flight. They both got their pilot's license so they could fly to the horse shows because they like to do that. Okay, just a couple more facts. I mean, we could talk about Patrick Swayze for, I feel like this moment in time, I mean, maybe you want to go forward maybe a year or two, but this is really, this time is like peak Patrick Swayze. Mm -hmm. Um, He, uh, this movie came right after Dirty Dancing. This, This time in his life is when he's really kind of catapulted into the stratosphere you know, there's all kinds of stories about how he really struggled on the set of Roadhouse because he was getting the Beatles treatment. Like he was getting mobbed by young women pretty much everywhere he went. They had to hire security staff to keep him out. Uh, and I I've actually did find out a kind of an amusing trivia fact about this. So apparently this the the big fight scene in this movie, the one that, that we're going to get to between him and Jimmy, um, the there's all kinds of stuff that happens in that fight scene. So Patrick Swayze actually hurt his himself pretty badly in that scene. He actually messed up his knee pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why the next movie after this was not like 
Roadhouse 2 or even Point Break. He needed to take a movie that would allow him to kind of rest his body. Uh, and that movie became Ghost. Mm-hmm. So, like, the reason why he was in the movie Ghost was because of Jimmy. Yeah, the other two movies were action movies, and they both tanked. One was Tango and Cash. And uh, what was the other one? It didn't do well. I can't remember right now, but yeah. He was offered two movies at this point. But also, you know, he was smart. He did the right thing. He went into, like, this, like, um, leading man role. Uh, I wouldn't call Tango and Cash a leading man movie because it's, like, a buddy cop movie. So... He he did the right thing. He did the right thing. What uh, else? He he's got he had he got three Golden Globes nominations. Uh, never an Oscar nomination, but he was nominated for Dirty Dancing, mm-hmm. I think, uh, and for Ghost. And then last one in '95 for um, Tu Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Which is also he's really good in that. That's a fun movie. And probably you know I mean it. At least in '95, I think it's 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 pretty. It was not typical to get three men of that stardom to to dress in drag. No, yeah, uh, and that, that, that movie is wild in that they were able to get the cast that they got. But like you said, I mean his his experience in theater and in dancing probably. I'm an, I'm just going out on a limb and say he was probably more comfortable doing that than Wesley Snipes. Yeah, I'm, although Wesley was uh, considered a he considered himself a physical actor at that point because he was doing that blade stuff so he was like trying to be like it's before blade i think but you know he and john link was almost weird and he just wanted to do something odd and i'm sure the script was like hey it's a bunch about three uh drag queens that drive drive around like okay cool for sure like trying to do something i i i applaud everyone for doing this movie it was a really cool movie it was fun because this came out. You had this one, and you had the other one. There was there were two drag movies that came out real close together. I think the other one is Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I forget when that one came out though. But that's a good again, question. I haven't seen that one. I don't have too much else about Patrick Swayze. I mean, sadly, you know, he died of pancreatic cancer in 2008. Um, apparently, there's a phrase in hip hop culture now, like which is the phrase "like Swayze." Which apparently means you I've heard dis- that in songs a bunch. Yeah, so that means that you've disappeared, and oh. it's because you not because he died. It's oh. because he was in Ghost. So if you oh. want to say that someone is like a ghost, you say that they're like Swayze. Okay. And so like people ghost you because exactly. they stop talking to you. Exactly. Got it. Exactly. Got it. Yeah, I would think that you guys work in a school. Do do the kids? I don't think kids would know really who Patrick Swayze is now, I, unless they've seen Dirty Dan, unless their parents are cool and made them watch Dirty Dancing. Mm-hmm. There'd really be no reason anyone. He was not, he's not a Tom Cruise. He's not a Tom Hanks. He's not a, like we know him and we think, oh, we love Patrick Swayze because he was like part of our childhood. But yeah, he doesn't think- have, he doesn't have movies that you're like, if you haven't seen this movie, then you haven't seen blah, blah, blah. Whereas, although Dirty Dancing is one of those movies. I was going to say, I feel like, I feel like enough, I feel like Dirty Dancing is an, on basic cable enough that probably a lot of, a lot of teenagers have seen it. Do you think kids watch basic cable? Yeah, come on, Raj. My right. son, my son does not even know, my son does not watch TV at no. all. The That's 17 fair. year old, the fit 12 year old watches uh, shows, but he binge watches them. 
He doesn't yeah. watch them with commercials. That's fair. If it's not on Netflix or Hulu or just available for free on the internet, they're probably not watching. It's I'm just funny experiencing commercials with our kids for the first time when we got YouTube TV instead of just watching Netflix all the time. Mm-hmm. Or or what was maybe what's the service that we Hulu is can't the one that makes forward. us watch commercials all the right. time. We can't fast forward through them, and sure. they like could not comprehend why we couldn't fast forward because we had DVR for years before mm-hmm. we had streaming services. That's hilarious. Yeah, kids. that happens sometimes when the kids will be watching something. I'm like, it's on real TV. Yeah, there's, there's only like one or two shows that we'll actually watch on real TV, but everything else, we're like, you know, they don't they don't watch. So it, it kind of sucks that they're not going to see. So because that I think that's where. The video store, I mean, now we don't have to worry about a video store. You can watch anything you want online. It's just, it costs, it costs about the same amount of money as a video. Depends on what it is. Um, but you can, you know, you can torrent. Don't, don't pirate kids, but you know, if they do, some people are just watching, you know, ripping movies off it, but you lose that Patrick Swayze's movies are in the wheelhouse of a kid who just loves to watch movies and you, you like a, a cool mom or dad would be like, you should watch these three Patrick Swayze's movie. You should watch roadhouse, dirty dancing and point break mm-hmm. and, and see three different sides. You know, we'll watch them to get like, I'd want to watch you know, point break with them and uh roadhouse. Uh, I've seen dirty dancing so many times. I, I'd still watch it though. It's still a good movie, but you know, it's one of those things. I think, I think unfortunately his, it's like it's like when you hear about somebody that died recently and they're like, oh, they used to be in movies in the 1960s. And you're like, yeah, no one knew about them for probably the last 40 years of their life. And that kind of sucks. Hmm. It's going to be so like 20 years from now, people are going to have the same conversation about Heath Ledger. Yeah, because he's just he's gone. It's just and so it's like he was in some good. He was in one great Batman movie and a couple of movies where he's really good in. But he doesn't have he just literally wasn't here long enough. And not in a Star Wars movie that, mm-hmm. you know, there's, <laughs> there's, there's certain things that automatically in our culture mean you're famous. Even the least, as we all know, we all, we, we watch Star Wars Minute and listen to Star Wars Minute and watch these movies. We know that Will Row Hood and all these characters that like have are in the background and have no names. We were making fun of background people before that in Star Wars is great. That's gravy. That's why Star Wars Minute works. We, we enjoy that. N- nowadays though, no one's going to, care unfortunately about about patrick swayze movies which sucks because he was a really good actor he was and i think i agree with you all that as a he would have been a great older actor as well because i think he was gonna go through something because his last movies kind of sucked but i think that's because he was sick and he they people weren't giving him like well let's just give patrick swayze a movie as opposed to he wasn't getting like liam neeson he could be old man cool guy like yeah. liam neeson kind of and and John Wick and those guys, not that he could be a John Wick, but you know what I mean? He could have, they could have done old man. Cool. And I think he could have done it. Yeah. I mean, I, I hate to draw too close a comparison, but like he could have been, he could have, he could have been Sam Elliott at Sam Elliott's age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. But <clears throat> oh well, How- the world, the world that the world that never happened, which sucks. So Jonathan, on Wednesdays, we like to have a little fun with our guests um, by asking them a question. It's like a little bit of a personality quiz for you. And based on what you said in the previous minute, I'm excited for your answer to this question. So 
Which of Brad Wesley's henchmen do you feel you most resemble? Well, um, there's a there's a couple of overweight guys, so I think I'm pretty good on that. Uh, doesn't have to be doesn't have to be physically. You can go personality wise. <laughs> oh. which, which of Brad Wesley's henchmen do you feel like you most identify with? I think I'd be the guy who get, who bleeds a lot. You oh you you've selected <laughs> O'Connor the, the messy bleeder. bleeder. Tell I us think, more. Tell us why. I don't think I could take a punch. I don't think I've never been punched. No one's ever punched me in the face as much as they wanted to. Uh, that might be hard for some of the listeners to believe, but I've never been punched in the face. And I think that I would just crumble like a sack of potatoes if I got punched. I just bleed all over the place. Wow. So, so O'Connor. Can I ask you a question first? Because that, that, that makes me think like, what percentage of people have actually in their lifetime gotten punched in the face? I've never been punched in the face. Well, I yeah, have not either. You're from Connecticut, of course. You haven't been punched in the face. What percentage of <laughs> what percentage of American adults have been punched in the face? And Pro- not probably by gone. Their... Yeah, probably gone way down. Not siblings or anything like not that. Not by your sibling, because or your kid accidentally. Count. No, I'm saying. I'm how many saying... times has your baby hit you in the nose with their forehead? But you know, like, like you get into a fight. Have yeah. you gotten into a fight, Jonathan? Um, not that I couldn't talk my way out of. All right. Yeah, I've, I, I got close to almost getting in a fight in high school, but I don't remember how I got out of it. But the two girls that were going to beat me up did not. So I don't know how that happened, but that's as close as I've ever gotten. 10 percent. 10 percent. I'm just people. guessing. <laughs> have been punched. One in 10 people have been punched in the face by another adult as an adult. adult? Oh, I bet it's under a percent. Okay. An adult? I mean, nowadays? I mean, back in the old days, maybe. The old days being, you know, like the 50s and 60s, you know. That yeah. Point. I don't think you're going to get punched ever. The amount of litigation now. No, yeah. that's fair. For the slightest anything i just think that people are like it's just not that's why i always am amazed when i hear about these people that you know are at work and they got so mad they punched a coworker. i'm like that person needs to be put away well yeah. there's something only, wrong with them not only is today's society so much more litigious but everything that happens is videotaped and posted immediately on social media yeah yeah so let me ask you this question because last time we were talking about like if you were to bust up Dalton's car, uh, how you would have done it. Um, what if we were to take somebody a, a breakfast to try and woo them like Carrie Ann? Like what would have been your go-to breakfast thing? This did not work with Dalton, but what would you have brought Dalton in order to woo him? What do you think? What would I do to woo him? Yeah, if you had to bring what, him some breakfast. What, what meal would you bring him? Egg whites? Egg whites. Yeah, I was going to pick like a Denver black omelet co- or something. Black coffee. Black coffee. Black coffee. And, um, God, what would I bring him? Tofu? <laughs> uh, an egg white tofu scramble? Yeah, nah. sure. That's like white and gray at the same time. Are you just appealing to his obvious Atkins diet tendencies with that answer? Yeah, and also I feel he's kind of L.A., even in this movie. Like, I know he's not in L.A., but he's, like, he's got his Mercedes, and, like, he li- he lives a lifestyle. He When he's on a job, he lives lower than his worth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. and he does it only because he knows his stuff is going to get trashed. So I feel like he's actually much more, I think he deigns to be around these people, and he is just, like, 
<sighs> like yes. every every night he's just like, I just wish I could get a latte. And I wish I could <laughs> I wish I could find a place that had sushi. Not in this oh. podunk town. I'm gonna have to eat some freaking fry. I mean, I never see him eat the whole movie. So I assume he doesn't eat. He yeah, just drinks yeah. coffee and smokes. That's a good point. There is a there is a super sophisticated side of Dalton that we only get hints of, right? We, we are even at a diner twice, and well, I don't remember him having food in front of him. I mean, we know that he no, he doesn't. He just smokes and drinks coffee in this movie. Um, I mean, he he drives a Mercedes. And he does, Marcy, do you remember in, in a previous minute, I talked about his set of wind chimes? He only has like two possessions in life. There's a set of wind chimes and, oh, a, and, a, and a road sign. Oh, yeah. I we talked the about that. There's in the script. It doesn't make it into this movie. But in this minute, actually, if you look at that scene where he's like stretching himself, there is a set of wind chimes hanging from the window. Oh. Um, this is sort of the, the sophisticated Dalton. I like, I like thinking about what that movie is like, too. Yeah, I like that analysis. I hadn't, you know, I hadn't really connected all of those dots that he really is deigning to be around these people, but that's a good way to look at it. I feel like it's his, he he loves his work, but he also is just like, like, because he, do, he does, he doesn't, it's not until the end that he actually like, is like, I'm going to take something mine and blow it up. Yeah. If it's not until the end of the movie, though, and his friend is murdered, um, that he is, uh, you know, at that level, the rest of the movie, it's just a He's job. Very detached from it. Right. He doesn't take it personally. Right. Yeah. Although he does. I, I assume he dates every doctor that he in every town he's in. For sure. He uses that line all the time. Pain don't hurt. That is his literally his line. <laughs> he's worked on it over the years. He sits in his house and he staples himself. Oh my God, that's so to, gross. To get used to the pain. So he just, when he goes in, he doesn't have to move. He just re- he just rehearses at home in a mirror. So he's like, ah, the first time. like, oh my God, it hurts so much. He's like, no, 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 pain don't hurt. Pain don't hurt. Pain, pain don't hurt. Not really, no. It doesn't hurt. Jonathan, before we go, can you remind us again, our listeners, uh, where they can find and hear you on the internet? Yep, Minute Impossible, one minute at a time, the Mission Impossible movies. I go to minuteimpossible.com and you can see, and we're also on, uh, of course, on all podcatchers. Go, you can go listen. We have hundreds of hours of, of, of content. So go listen. It's a, it's a hilariously fun show to do. I love doing it. We went on hiatus last year, uh, yeah, you know, a little more, almost more than a year now uh, ago. And we're going to be coming back uh, this year. And also uh, Cast and the Furious uh, about the Fast and Furious movies, which I do with my friend Murrin. Uh, Murrin, who did Point Break Minute, so it all kind of ties back together. It's all... Murrin, who fr- will be a future guest on this podcast mm-hmm. coming up down the road. Probably he and his wife, I assume? Uh, perhaps. I don't know. I have to check with him. Oh, okay. You should get his wife on. Thank you once again for listening to another episode of Roadhouse Minute. Please, if you can, rate and review us on your favorite podcatching app. Come and join us on Facebook at The New Double Deuce. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at at RHMinute. And you can email us at daltonsaysbenice at gmail.com. So remember, until next time, be nice. Bye now. Bye.